Okay, welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted with a comma and a big D. It is August 4th, I believe, 2021. I wanted to talk about Dynasty strategies a little bit more. Um, the last time, I really focused on Randall Gritchick, right, as my, my favorite player and value. Uh, not because he is uh, super great, but because he's underrated for how many points he gets. And um, he doesn't get a ton of points, uh, but he only costs a dollar and he's going to cost two dollars and then five dollars, you know, the in consecutive years. And then it goes up by five. But he's cheap and he's underrated. No one really wants him because it's, I don't know, it's just Randall Gritchick, 250, 28 home runs, a 765 OPS. Um, that's not exciting. That's a, even a below average fantasy option, right? Uh, well, I'm in a 2014 league, but so you have to adjust. But um, the idea is, um, so I, today I want to talk about a little bit more about that, right? Why Randall Gritchick is great. I think I'm probably going to be a little redundant on my last episode, but it ties into other players. Or maybe I covered it. I don't know. I'm losing my memory these days. Um, but here's here's the deal. Information is out there. Everybody knows how much to pay for certain players. Um, you know, people coming back from injuries. You know, Rendon, he's out for the season now. Okay, no one knows exactly what to pay for Rendon next year, for Cody Bellinger next year, for... Um, or someone else who was an all-star, just top of the... You know, if Trevor Bauer, Marcelo Zuna... Okay, those are dark markets or prospects. But, um, for the most part, there's enough information out there that it's even the playing field. Okay, there are analysts out there who are doing the thinking uh, for everybody else and writing articles, and um, and uh, they just go by that. Or, or they can go by that. So what sets you apart? Biases. You have to do a self-inventory of your own biases against prospects. Oh, they never pan out. Against older players, there's no upside. You know, you have to figure those out. One bias, um, but uh, then you need to exploit the very, what's the word? It's like common out in the public. It's... Um, prevalent. The, the, you have to um, exploit the very prevalent ones, uh, and if there happens to be a bias within your league, and you can, you can identify that, one that's not also just a very common or prevalent one in the public, um, then identify that and exploit it. The first one I want to talk about, and maybe the only one I want to talk about, excuse me, today, um, is the Randall Gritchick type player. So what does he have? In my league, 24 team dynasty, obviously, points league. And he's on pace for about 410 points. Um, he's not really doing any better than he has in the past. I want to say maybe it's a little bit better and, and maybe, I don't know about 2020, but his 2019, I think, was a little bit better than what he'd done in the past. But he was basically Kevin Pillar with full-time at-bats, right? And uh, he's got, I think, three years more left on that deal with the Blue Jays. But why Why is he an above-average player? 
Uh, well, first I want to say define above average. In my league, 24-team league, um, it's, um, he's on pace to get about 410, 420 points, something like that. I basically tallied it up, and the point leader, the number one point leader, had a certain number of points such that his 16 starting players, seven pitchers, nine hitters, would all average about 410 points. But he is by far and away um, the number one points leader out of 24 teams. So you want to shoot for for 410 if you're if you're in the CBS, you're doing points leagues. But you want to shoot for um, just just like everyone being a pretty good fantasy option. Um, and you think to yourself, it's kind of like with Moneyball. I read Moneyball and I said, really, nine Scott Hatterbergs would be, excuse me, would be the best offense in baseball because that's what he said now Scott Hatterberg gets on base he hits maybe 260 which back then wasn't really a, a plus um he's got a little pop whatever nine Scott Hatterberg but you know I trust them they ran the numbers apparently it would have been the reason is um you think well you know nine Randall Grichicks that's not going to get me to be the points leader um uh, of a 2014 league a competitive dynasty league well, yeah, actually it is. It's just math. In points leagues, you can just you can just add up the points. <laughs> um, and the reason that it doesn't feel like that is because there's no superstar on your team because you have nine Randall Grichicks. And I'm not saying do that, but Randall Grichick types. Nobody gets excited about Randall Grichick. All right, but he's better. He's a better hitter than the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Um, better fantasy player asset than the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th player um, players on some of those championship teams um, or the best team in, in your league or whatever. He's just he's just clearly not as good as Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis, so you don't have any of those names. So let's say you're, you're missing, I don't know, 150 points um, by having Randall Gritchick instead of Juan Soto. Um, first of all, that's cost efficient because of the money. But what people don't realize is that, you know, instead of having DJ Stewart, because uh, you spent all your money on Fernando Tatis and Freddie Freeman, instead of having DJ Stewart as your utility hitter, who's going to get about 240 points, Randall Grichik is going to get 410, 420 points, so 160, 70 points more than DJ Stewart or some guy like that, you know, uh, some guy off the waiver wire. Um, and in that particular scenario, it's actually getting more than that team's ninth player. That difference is a little bit more than the difference between Soto or Tatis and uh, what's his face, Randall Grichik. Um, so in that scenario, it evens out. But why is he underrated? There's that reason. There's he's not exciting, he's not sexy, but he is better than. Uh, a whole bunch of other players that are on championship teams. Um, he's a little bit above average. But if every single one of your players is a little bit above average, and that's fantasy average, a little bit above fantasy average, that's a really good team, every single one of your players. All right, so anyway, the second reason um, is that he just sneaks his way into the Blue Jays lineup and he bats seventh. But you know what? Yeah, he's going to get fewer at-bats. Um, 
and he is what he is. He doesn't walk much. He hits 28 homers, maybe 30. Uh, maybe you could really get 35 one of these years out of him, but he's going to bat 250. And he bats seventh. But newsflash. He's in the Blue Jays lineup, and that's the reason I went after him. Because I looked at his points and I said, oh, man. You know, he's got way more points than he should batting seventh and having his numbers. You know, his uh, averages, his OPS, his OBPs, strikeout rate, etc. Why? Because uh, he's hitting in... You know the three, four, five, six, but and, and he bats six sometimes too. But he's he's batting in the guys three, four, five, six who are getting on second base, getting on base because they're walking, um, getting on base because they're mashing themselves and they're still. It's a great lineup. He's batting seventh, which seems bad, but then you got you know Alejandro Kirk batting eighth or ninth, um, and or Reese McGuire who's hardly nothing. 270-80 hitter, but they have really good catchers on the whole, uh, hitting catchers, and then you just go right back around, and if he's batting seventh, then some of the time, you know, uh, Marcus Simeon is, is going to be uh, hitting with Randall Gritchick on base, and he pops a few home runs, so he, it's inflated because of the lineup is obviously my point there, and that's not a novel concept, but when you go and break down the math, you realize he's got like a 750 OPS. And he's already had his best month, so it's going to go down. But he's going to get 400 points. And I have him at a buck. And why is that important? Because I'm going to have him one, two, three, for probably for about three more years. He might still even be worth it if that lineup is, is great. In three years, in his last deal, year of his deal with the Blue Jays, when he's, when he's uh, when his salary is ten bucks, um, but for sure one, two, and five, um, his salaries uh, that's incredibly palatable. Um, so actually, it'd just be two more years. So it'd be this year and then two and five. Um, but if you have a whole bunch of those guys, if you're, re- I mean, trade people um, who are better but overinflated. Take it. I like I said, I traded Giancarlo Stanton, um, and there are other things that go into that. Uh, but I traded Giancarlo Stanton for Randall Gritchick. And the guy couldn't couldn't hit yes except quick enough. In fact, I made another deal, okay? Uh, this year, same guy. And then he posted uh, in the uh, communal, uh, you know, whatever, discussion board for the league. He said it couldn't hit except quick enough. And we all looked at the trade that just went. I didn't because I knew what it was. But it was a $37 Manny Machado uh, for a... No, a $34 Manny Machado for a $2 Chris Taylor. Now, I'm not competing this year, so I was able to take Chris Taylor um, and, um, and uh, the risk that he reverts back to kind of what he's been the last three, four years and, and maybe even the worst of what he's been, which I think was like 2018 or 19. But... They are very, very similar in points. Um, what's his face is definitely on pace for 500 points. Chris Taylor and I got him for two bucks, and I got him for five bucks next year, and I got him for ten bucks a year after that, and 15 and 20. And if he puts up 500 points each one of those years, I'm gonna keep him when he's 25 dollar salary, and when he's 30, and then we'll see. Maybe I'll trade him off for a friggin' 
uh, draft pick or a prospect. You know what I mean? Um, but but he, I, I got him for six bucks um, under market value. Um, now he doesn't have a track record of this type of year, but it's not such a jump. I heard someone call it a breakout year. It's not such a jump in his numbers that I would call it a breakout or even unsustainable. And by the way, I mean, he leads off. Uh, so that's fantastic in the Dodgers lineup, but he's also just in the Dodgers lineup. Um, it is a national league lineup. So I'd be weary of getting seven and eight hitters in the, in a national league lineup, unless it was, you know, just filthy like, uh, San Diego's is at various times, especially with all their pinch hitters, uh, hitting for the pitchers too. You're only going to have about two or three pitcher at bats in the whole game. Um, but he allows me to go out and pay 30 or 40, 50 bucks on somebody like definite, definite for sure. And you might be thinking to yourself, okay, well, yeah, yeah. Well, or you could have just kept the 500 point player in Giancarlo Stanton. And he was a deal at 20 bucks. Um, but I'm going to have to give him up at, at some point in probably about three or four years when he, when he's in the thirties and he's probably not as good, but um, Gritchick, I can keep for longer. So I have, um, and for cheaper, obviously. So I have more of a built-in cushion. And when I have Giancarlo Stanton, I can't go out and get those top, top guys. And those top, top guys are the most valuable. All right. Somebody who gives you 650 points, right? Just has a filthy, like what we expected out of, um, Juan Soto this year and kind of what he's doing in the last month. I mean, that's worth like one and a half, two players, you know? Um, so when you get from 50 bucks to 60 bucks, like you're actually getting more per dollar. It doesn't seem like it should be the case. You're paying a premium for some of those best guys, but the more you pay for somebody with the understanding that it's a given that you're paying market value, but the higher price the guy is, um, you're actually getting more per dollar when you spend um, from 50 to 60 or from 40 to 50 than the previous $40. Um, so that that I, I get to do that for more years with Randall Gritchick. I'm having a hard time really articulating it well. But, um, but yeah, so Randall Gritchick. So at the trade deadline, if you're not competing, go around and get a cheap John India. Get a cheap Randall Gritchick, and I mean, just players that um, people aren't excited about. Maybe they're a little too excited about John India right now, but that that players aren't excited about. And by the way, get into that Baltimore Orioles lineup any way you can. Batting orders can change, um, but I think it's going to be really, really good. Uh, I would pick up Jemai Jones. Seemingly, Pat Vileka and all these other guys are, are hitting decently. Ramon Urias up the middle. But Jemai Jones is, uh, I haven't checked up what he's done in the last three weeks, I think, but because um, I don't have him anymore. But he's a triple A. He's, I think he's 23, 24. He's, but he's not old. Uh, maybe he's 23, and he was just mashing this year. And I, I thought it was pretty certain he was going to get called up at some point, but they're not going anywhere. So maybe they'll just try him out next year. But you want to go and get uh, these mediocre players. Let me see if I can lift, list off some that I have right now. Um, John India, of course. Alejandro Kirk is very underrated um, as a catcher. Let's see. First base, I don't have any off the top of my head. But, like, somebody you're not going to be excited about. Nate Lowe. 
You know, he started off really hot for three weeks and then he tailed the Christ fuck off, you know, for, I don't know, the rest of the season. And he's like batting 220 on the year now. But I don't know. Just go check his numbers. Go see if that Texas lineup, if it isn't boosted, because it's pretty bad, if it isn't boosted by two good hitters, prospects uh, uh, next year, Josh Young, Michael Michael Bush, if they don't... Um, is Michael Bush? Anyway, if they uh, if they don't boost his numbers up a little bit more, even if he just does what he does, um, and see if he's not a 400-point guy, because nobody wants Nate Lowe right now. But I tell you what, if you get to 400 points, it doesn't matter what his OPS is. Um, he's basically giving you the opportunity to jump from a Tier 3 player, like a Round 5 player, to a Round 1 player, um, in the amount of money that he frees up um, while giving adequate or slightly above adequate um, production. Nate Lowe, uh, who else do I got in my lineup? Uh, if you haven't picked up Brendan Rodgers, do so immediately. Um, oh, Cesar Hernandez. Um, now, he hit at the front of the Cleveland Indians lineup, but he's still on pace for 430 Um points this year, which is more than I, I need each player to be. 20 points more. So now I can afford to have, you know, a 390 point player and still potentially be the number one point getter next year. You, I, I'm going to tell you guys uh, my team uh, again, because I made a flurry of trades, but I'm telling you next year I rebuilt for two years. Next year I can just guarantee you I'm going to be in the top five in points and that's out of 24, 24 teams. Um, I've spent, uh, so far I've built this roster. I've spent, um, a hundred and, uh, 150 bucks and I have 110 to spend it next year's draft. So I'm not even done, but my roster is, uh, and I, and I basically did all this all, all year, just thought like that and trying to get cheap players. And now I have the ability to add two $55 players in next year's draft. And then keep the same players that are one, two, three, four, five bucks for next year. And then I'll be able to get like, you know, two fifty dollar players. But anyway, okay, catcher I got Alejandro Kirk. Really hoping on him winning the job from Reese McGuire. I have him at one dollar. At first base, I have Luke Voigt. Uh, I have him at fourteen dollars. Hoping he'll come back next year. Um, at second base, I have Cesar Hernandez at three dollars, and he's excellent. At shortstop, I have Brendan Rodgers. Um, he's also available at second base. I have him at $10. Kind of expensive for me for an unsuper proven commodity, but he's, he's looking pretty good. And he's hitting better on the road. Uh, but I traded Ozzy Albies for him and Sixto Sanchez, so that worked out, I think. Even though, you know, Sixto's unhealthy. At third base, I have John India for a buck. At the outfield, I have Teoscar Hernandez for two bucks. I mean, he's golden. If When he plays 150 games, he's on a 500-point pace. He's awesome. Um, and he's in that lineup, and he bats fifth or sixth in that Blue Jays lineup. And he, for a year and a half, has looked legit. Similar to a Chris Taylor breakout. A little breakout like three, four years ago, and then a better one. Just an improvement, not quite a breakout um, in the last two years. So, and... Uh, then I have Dom Smith, who for three bucks I'm really banking on, um, but I don't need him. Uh, but I, I gave up Kellenic at 
$18 for him. So, And then my other outfielder is Randall Grichuk, as you know. And then I have Chris Taylor, who can play second short outfield. Um, and Chris Taylor's for 2 bucks. Randall Grichuk is for $1. Dom Smith for $3. You get the idea. I'm putting together a pretty good offense for about 50 bucks out of the 260 um, and then I have Chris Taylor, he's two bucks. And then I have Marcelo Zuna, who is $21. Next year, he'll be $24. Um, so that's a bit of a risk. Then I have Trevor Bauer at $25 next year. Uh, that's also a risk, but it'll be a hell of a deal for Ozuna and uh, Trevor Bauer. I have Chris Bassett right now at $3. I have Sixto Sanchez at, uh, I want to say, $8. I have... Uh, Huascar Enoa at $3. I have... Who else do I have? Eliezer Hernandez at $3. I have Tarek Skubal at um, $4. Uh, he's kind of tailed off. Uh, but then in my minor leagues, um, I have uh, Alec Manoa. No salary yet until I promote him. Might not even promote him next year. But I have Alec Manoa, Nick Lodolo, Simon Woods Richardson, uh, George Kirby. Uh, who else do you want? Um, I have uh, Connor Siebold, uh, Tanner Burns, and... Man, I know I got somebody else. Anyway... Um, and then I have Brennan Davis, top five prospect, and uh, Luis Angel Acuna, also on my minor league roster. Um, but, you know, and I made all that, um, if you take out the 22 and the 25, or 24 and 25 from Ozuna and Bauer, my highest guy is 14 bucks. Luke Voigt can be a 500-point guy when he's healthy, and he's discounted because he's unhealthy, obviously, right now and frequently. But, but that's how you do it. Um, you got to find biases, uh, not unexciting names, get those people for a buck. Um, case in point, unexciting, Chris Taylor is unexciting, but he is beating the shit out of the ball. He's in the Dodgers lineup. I have him for two bucks instead of Manny Machado and Manny Machado's name and a couple extra points for 34 bucks. All right, it's just math and economics, but if you're not competing this year, take advantage of the people who are competing, give them some big names, and uh, take, take in return some, um, some unexciting names, uh, but for much, much, much less uh, money.